What is going on, everybody? Welcome back into the Bear With Us podcast. We have a full That's pack. like a three out of ten entrance. I don't like Come it. Come on. Get, have, keep going. We have a full <laughs> house today. Myself, Frank, is here, joined with Jack and Nas. Fellas, not much is going on in the Bears' kingdom. So actually, today's episode is going to be about the war in the Middle East, Israel-Palestine. We're going to touch on the uh, Iowa caucus. <laughs> you no, just, hey, listen. You just lost about fifty percent of. So many clicks away. They're like, all right, no, out. Listen, I'm out, fellas. We have we missed last week some scheduling conflicts. We have a ton to talk about. Hold on, hold on, <clears throat> it, real quick. I think it, it, we planned this perfectly because you know we could have talked about how the Bears got their fucking asses kicked by the Packers <laughs> again, or we could have waited to see what happened with the coaching to see who stayed, to see who left. We got news about some offensive coordinator interviews going, which I think is really interesting for us Fair. to talk about. And Caleb Williams has declared for the NFL draft, so now we can officially talk about the realistic possibility of him being a Chicago Bear. We don't do anything on, on accident, all right? This is all planned out professional podcasting, all right? You're right. We you're, no, you're absolutely right. It wasn't my wife's birthday last week, and that's not why we took off on Tuesday. Um. So listen, fellas, um, I think we just, I think we dive right in. I think the first topic at hand here is the firing of Luke Getze, which is he's the, the fall guy. I think rightfully so here. And then the Bears retaining Matt Eberflus. Uh, let, I, I mean, it, I feel like it's a convoluted conversation. I don't know if we can have one without the other, but... Nas, I mean, we can start with you. What were just, what were the thoughts, man? Getsy gone, Eberflus back. How was Nas feeling the next day? Uh, when Getsy was gone, to quote my buddy Frank, I had said, praise Jesus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Can't get him to stop talking about Jesus. <laughs> like, your boy, Jesus, in the house. Um, no, yeah, I, I was, I mean, that was like the bare minimum for me. Um, I mean, I if you're looking at it from a poll's, perspective i mean you i guess some continuity isn't the worst thing we've done it the way where we fired coaches after two years we've done we've done it all sorts of ways who knows if it's correct it's really about where we go forward with this who's the next play caller for this team um, and how we build out the coaching staff and whether or not we decide to take caleb at one jackie thoughts yeah i Absolutely agree with Nas. Bare minimum was that Getsy was gone. Uh, I think Bears fandom sort of started to embrace the idea that Eberflus was going to be back, especially towards the end of the season with the the little run that they went on. Uh, and then the Packers game hit, and things, as they do in Chicago, turned very quickly. Uh, and and I think a lot of people were ready for for changes, and it didn't happen. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm not I obviously thrilled that Gatsy is gone. Thrilled that there is some level of competence that we were all seeing the same thing in regards to how this off offense was operating. You know, Ryan Poles wasn't like, ah, you know, it'll be fine. Consistency for consistency's sake. We've seen a lot of that in Chicago. But it was hard to argue the the idea that Eberflus should be gone as well. I think there was definitely room for the that argument, right? That he could potentially be brought back and it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, which I kind of hate that that's still the bar for the Chicago bears right now, because again, now you're starting to get those similar questions that we have seen over the last 
decade now with the amount of coaching changes the Bears have had, where it's a you know a, a, a solid head coach, maybe even a little bit below solid, but a guy that you feel like you can build something with. And he's going into sort of like this lame duck situation. And now it's kind of bringing up the questions of the quarterback status. We haven't seen an extension for, for Matt Eberflus yet. So for all intents and purposes on January 16th, you know, he's, he's could be very well gone next year. And then they could be looking for another head coach. But I think we can all agree that the options available to the bears at the head coaching position, I don't think are as strong as they have been in previous years. So unless you feel like you were going to sort of pull up the ACE in the hole and get a Jim Harbaugh, which he could go to the chargers. He could very well go right back to Michigan. You know, unless you felt like that was going to happen. I, I kind of always felt like Jim Harb or excuse me, Matt Eberflus was going to be brought back. And I, I like the options they have an offensive coordinator, which I know we want to talk about. So before we do that, Frank, what, how are you feeling about Getsy gone? Eber flew back. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think there's much left to be said about Getsy being gone. We, I mean, we saw this midway through year one is that the scheme was just inept and it, it like people wanted to throw him a bone and maybe we did at times as well. Obviously Dante Pettis was your wide receiver one, some games EQ and, and Nikhil Harry. I get you weren't working with, you know, a full deck of cards. But the problem was, is we consistently saw things that remained even when you had a better wide receiver room, a better offensive line. We saw it again in week 18. You have Trent Taylor one-on-one blocking a defensive end. And things like that were happening nonstop. And the one thing that it finally, and honestly, it should have clicked with me a lot earlier with Getsy's scheme is the blitz pickup. Justin's recognition of it sometimes, the center's recognition of it sometimes, got really good. Like, they, they picked up blitzes pretty well, pretty consistently. But the reason that the Packers in particular, and, and there were other teams, like the, the, the um, I forgot who it was last year that just absolutely unpants this offense. As soon as stunts get thrown in, that offensive line is toast. I mean, how many times did we see in both Packers games, Nate Davis be lost, Cody Whitehair be lost, and we've seen these guys block before. They're not bums. Right, like I'm not. They may not be top of the line, but to me, that's all scheming and coaching and, and and whatever he has going on with what he asked those players to do. So the ineptitude can't be. You you can't put a veil over and say, oh well, he wasn't working with the. Come on, dude. Like you got to show me some competency from a a scheme standpoint that he never ever did, because it's, I mean we've talked about it at, at, at nauseum of, you know, his answer to, you know, uh, an offensive line that maybe he doesn't trust or. Justin, whatever, holding ball too long was always just screens. And it's like, come on, like, there's got to be better coaching than this. So he's out of there. That was the right call. Eberflus, I know a lot of people were very upset with Matt Eberflus being retained. I don't know if it's Stockholm Syndrome. I I knew he was going to be back, so I really wasn't upset. And I I don't know if I feel this way or if I convince myself to feel this way. But the same thing that you said, Jack, the... The only clear upgrade, like absolute, you can't even debate it, would have been Jim Harbaugh. Other than that, you would be hiring Ben Johnson or another coordinator who you're hoping could be a good head coach. We have seen um, coordinators in the past excel as an OC, excel as a DC, excel as a fucking you know position coach, and become head coaches and not be that good. So I'm not saying that Ben Johnson wouldn't have been an upgrade or, or some of these guys wouldn't have been. But there's an element of the unknown that I think as you're building this thing, Ryan Poles didn't want to take. So I, I'm okay with it as it stands. Um, 
I would have liked them to pursue Harbaugh a little bit more before that press conference just to, you know, get a little bit, but it it, it is what it is. Um, my, I don't want to speak out of both sides of, of, of my mouth though, because I feel like I have conflicting thoughts when it comes to this. I think I ha- I've had my qualms, Nas, Jack, you certainly both have had your qualms with Iberflus, but at the same time, we see the progress that this defense has made and this culture that he's building. So it's like, it's, it's a layered conversation for me. Iberflus, um, he, we've seen him get completely outcoached by Matt LaFleur what, four times already. So, like, there's that element to it, and we've seen him by good offensive coordinators just get unpants, and it's, it's, it's kind of tough to deal with that. Um, but there's, like, there's this weird thing of, you know, we see the fatal flaws of him blowing 10-point leads with four minutes to go, 12-point leads with two minutes. I mean, like, we've seen this, this conservative nature that we're like, we know where this is heading, we know how this ends. But then part of me is like, I also know that in the NFL – you don't get you, you you don't get consistent success firing people every two years. So it was like, do we have to let this come to a natural conclusion before it moves on? Because I know Naj, you said like we have moved on from coaches in two years, but that was those were dumpster fires. Those, those were Mark Tressman completely losing a locker room where Brandon Marshall and Robbie Gold are almost fist fighting and Jay and so and so and you know, like that was crazy. That's not happening yet anyway. So it's like at what point do you have to be proactive when you're when you're Ryan Poles, and at what point do you just like all right, let's see this thing totally through to give it a fair shake. That that's where I'm like I'm conflicted on it. But for this particular year, right. I I was okay with Eberflus being brought back. Nas, it feel I feel like there's some pushback yeah. coming my way. Yeah. Oh, it's coming to both of you. Okay. So I just want, but I want to clarify before I start pushing back. Okay. So. And uh, just let me know if I heard you clearly or not clearly. You're saying the list of available head coaches is not blowing you away for this offseason. Har- Harbaugh is, yeah. Me personally, yeah. Me personally, no. Not the okay. not 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 a, not a huge fan of the head coaches that are available. Okay, available head coaches right now: Bill Belichick, Mike Vrabel, Ben Johnson, Vrabel Jim Harbaugh. Dan Quinn, Bobby Slowick, and Dave Canales, all definitely interviewing for head coaches. I would say that's an all-time list. Dude. Pete Carroll, also available to coach. All-time list is where I'm at. Like, if there was a year to maybe dump a guy you weren't sure about, this was the year to do it. This was the absolute year to do it because even the second-tier guys on that list, and for me, the second-tier guys are the Ben Johnsons, and the Bobby Slowicks and the Dave Canalses, those are all play callers. That still helps us if we get Caleb. They're all good play callers. Whether or not they're great head coaches, maybe they could grow into that. We don't know, but I know for a fact they can play call. I I would say this was an all-time bull. I, I would say I, I when I said that when I was making my earlier remarks about keeping clues, I was speaking from Paul's perspective. Mm-hmm. I didn't exactly express my perspective. My perspective is perspective is that this is a blunder to not interview and see what these candidates wanted in terms of control what they had for for vision of the franchise i think that is like i think this is i think this uh, this is an all-time blunder by polls i think it's spent and like and and maybe it doesn't prove itself out to be and i get proven wrong and if i am i'll be thankful that i was wrong about this take 100 percent but if Flus is out in the air and he didn't interview any of the dudes I just listed, again, let me list it again. Bill Belichick, 
Ben Johnson, Jim Harbaugh, Dan Quinn, Bobby Slowick, Dave Canales, Pete Carroll, and Mike Tomlin in a tra- contract here might have been, maybe could have got been gotten to in a trade. All, all of which not even explored. That's crazy to me. That's crazy. We- I think it's an all-time list. We will never see another list with this pedigree of available coaches in our lifetime. We won't see it again. Vrabel, Vrabel I forgot about Vrabel. He would have been another one. Harbaugh is of interest. Are we, we're buying in on Bill B at this point of his career? Nope. Hell yeah. Mm, he can that's coach what we disagree. Still. Yeah, I disagree on coach, that. Our yeah, defense. We don't need that, good. though. But that's that's we the same. But that. That, that we do but, need that. We blew up. Well, we blew three leads of ninety five. Oh no! I mean that's that's. Yeah. That, but that's. Of course we do. That's in game decision making. That up by, we got torn up by our, the first real quarterback we had played in weeks. Yeah, but you know, I I think for Bill Belichick, <laughs> you've seen, I, I I see it as more of the same. Not necessarily that they're blowing these leads and et cetera, et cetera, but. Him as a talent evaluator has clearly passed him by, especially We're on the offensive side that. of the book. But you are because you're asking him to hire a coordinator to run his offense. And, and he hasn't been able to do that at all. Not even close. Their offense was fucking horrible for the last three years. Ever that's since what Tom Brady me. left. That's They've what scares terrible. me. Their defense could be top five and it doesn't matter. They're, they're, they're off. He can't hire an offensive coordinator. I think if you're thinking about you know sticking I mean? with Luce or interviewing the best coach of all time, you interview the best coach of all time. Mm, I, I, and, I disagree with that way, only because his, of only because of the timing of when this is happening. Like it's not like this is Bill Belichick entering your, you know, he's he's 60 years old. Like he's he's leaving the Patriots because it's it's run its so course. So you'd rather have Matt Eberflus over Bill Belichick? Right I'm not now. saying that. I'm not saying that I would rather have Eberflus over Bill Belichick, but I think where this team is currently at, why why would Bill Belichick come to this team? I don't I don't I don't get that. I don't get that one bit. It, it it's really it. Well, that's a great question. I I don't know what they would do to convince him, but there would probably be there would I mean that would need to be a conversation. You but know what it feels just, like? It feels that's like just one. It feels name like Brady. It feels like when Brady was available to come to the Bears and everybody was like, oh yeah, here we fucking go. And it's like, yeah, but why Why would Tom Brady come here? He wants to go somewhere where he can win right away. I still think they're building this thing. And I, I think that's kind of where the Eberflus is lining you. up. You I know what I mean? So that that's, I agree yeah. that this is Cole's perspective, that he thinks he's building a certain type of culture and he's right. kind of got his guy that he's in lockstep with. I totally agree that that's Paul's perspective. I think it's insane. I think it's insane. I think it's a. Cl- I think it's classic <laughs> yeah, I'm judgment. Not, I'm not going to not interview the list yeah. Yeah. of people I just said to 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 be like, oh, have you talked to Jim Harbaugh? Like, nah, he's the coach at Michigan. Like, and I get Flus is right next to him, but it's like, bro, you didn't even like check. I'm pot- that's Can that's I- crazy. I think that's a lie. He did some back channeling. There's no way he just didn't inquire about Jim Harbaugh. But, the, I I think, think, but here's the other thing that we have to keep in mind, though. I, I, I it's For me, it's going to be a little bit of hindsight. I may feel closer to what you feel, Nas, if Bill B goes somewhere and he has no executive duties as well, if he's just a coach. I have a hard time believing him and Harbaugh both want that. I'm still bought in on polls. So if, they, if them landing somewhere is contingent upon them making crucial draft uh, decisions and, and, and other things that a GM normally does outside of just the normal feedback that you would get from a head coach, you know, that working relationship between a GM and a head coach. I don't want either of them. 
I am at the point where Nas, I, I get what you're saying. I, 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 I'm, I'm close to where you're at in regards to criticizing polls for just basically saying this whole thing did not work because the offense was broken. And that's why they let go of Luke Getze. Like that's very clear. That was their philosophy, though. They're still keeping, I believe the tight ends coach and the offensive line coach, which is interesting. Um, but Matt Eberflute, the defense was a big reason why they lost a lot of those that they just blew games like that. Like, let's not get it twisted. Matt Eberflute, I, like I said, I think he should have been fired. And I, 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 but I do think, I do think that from the polls perspective that we were just talking about, I think he is still probably the most trusted person in that building by bears fans because of some of the decisions that he's made via trades, via free agency, via drafting, right? Like that's clear as day. So until he gives us a reason not to trust him, I'm still going to lean towards trusting him. And if he's saying, look, defense did not, you know, we didn't finish well. He he admitted that he he wants a team of of killers. He wants a team that can step on throats and, and finish games. And, you know, we've had questions about Matt Eberflus's ability to do that for the last two years. Uh, but I think that, and, and he admitted that after the Packers game, they, I think it was a wake up call that they're still not where they need to be. Not even close. And I think we're all aligned with that. Mm-hmm. It's very likely that he just likes the culture that's being built in the building, how the defense didn't give up on him after some of those brutal losses, after the terrible start they had to the season. I, and we saw it week one, the, the heads were down. You know, guys looked like they were ready to go home and, and they, they kept playing. So it's very possible that, that Ryan Poles said, you know what, we're still building. I, I want to get this culture right. And, and let's give this thing one more grow, one more go. I'm going to help him hire an offensive coordinator this year. Cause he did not, he was not a part of that when he originally hired Matt Eberflus. There were so many other things going on and he admitted this. He basically said, Coaching's your stuff. I got to figure out the cap. I got to figure out personnel. You know, we'll let's get this right. So now that it's more lockstep, he's with somebody he already trusts, already knows. Whereas if he did fire Matt Eberflus and had to bring in another, you know, maybe a first time head coach, Bobby Slowick, Ben Johnson, some of the names you brought up, I think he wouldn't necessarily have that trust or, or that feel that he does now with a guy that he, he knows pretty well at this point. So I think there's more to it than just wins and losses. If it was, I would agree that it's absolutely ridiculous that he was not fired. I just think there's more to it based off of the things that Ryan Poles said in that out of your press conference. But see, this is yeah everything you just said makes sense. That all makes sense to me. Like the the Poles perspective that you just lay out, Jack, it makes total sense to me. I'm just bitter. Oh yeah, I, I like, feel I feel you. It's I like, feel you. can I envision Matt Eberflus making good game management decision in a tight game in the playoffs with Caleb or Justin? Like, no, I don't because he can't even do it in gimme regular season situations. So it's just like, I guess my head is fast forwarding to the time where we all acknowledge Flus cannot do this mm-hmm. at a, at a super high level, and he's probably just a coordinator. And I like everything you just said made total sense. And I was like, oh yeah, the continuity, the locker room probably would express some sort of interest for like, they probably went to bat for flus in the exit interviews. Like 
all sorts of things from Pohl's perspective, the information that he's gathering, like that's probably pointing to keep loose and it makes sense. It's just like knowing that he is going to fail when it's really go time <laughs> just pisses me off and yeah. it hasn't even happened yet. See, and, that, and, that, and that's exactly Frank, what, what I mean. Said. Like, well, cause I like, that's the foresight that we have right now is we've seen these breadcrumbs of failure. I, I don't know what the right word is, but like we've seen these breadcrumbs and it's like, it's going to rear its ugly head yet again, because make no fucking mistake. This is a playoff team next year. You have the number one pick. You have the number nine pick. You have a lot of fucking cap space. You are going to continue to raise the floor of this team that, and I think you have the right guy for that situation of a floor because I don't know how much better he makes people, but you're sort of run of the mill. I can coach with, when there's talent. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's what Eberflus is. The defense got better because the talent got better. Like, it's just, when you have talent, it's going to have, you have to be very inept at your job. You have to be like Chip Kelly to have all that talent and not be able to fucking win with it. Um, and I don't think he's that. So, but it's, it's also like, again, this is why part of me feels like maybe we just have to let it come to its natural conclusion because to be completely fair on the flip side of that, you, it's hard to count year one for Iberflu. That's No one wins with that. It, 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 we saw the breadcrumbs still, but that's tough. The three, three wins with that team, that's tough. Um, but there was a lot of improvement. I, I know there, there was the insane game. We'll keep referencing that, the insane games that he should not have lost that were, what was the total number? It was like to lose all three, it was like .00003% chance. It's something absurd. Yeah, it bad. But yeah. there still was a ton of progress from year one to year two. So I, part of me is also not understand, being ignorant to NFL circles. If you, if you have to look the rest of the, you know, interview ease in the eyes and say, yeah, I just fired this guy who went from three and 14 to seven and 10. And when we were on the cusp of the playoffs, if we win a couple of these games, what is my job security going to look like? Like, I feel like there is a lot of that at play. And that's, I mean, you, I, I remember listening to podcasts pretty blatantly of former uh, Browns executives when that, they were firing coaches year after year after year, everyone, they were like, this is the hostile environment. We can't, who can work under that? Like, so that, that's part of me is like, I have that in the back of my mind as well. Is like, to us, that would have made total sense. Get rid of Iberflus, you fucking get Harbaugh or you even Ben Johnson, whoever, because we see it already. But I, I do think in the reality of things, it has to come to its own conclusion. Like it ha- it, we have to actually see it before we know it's going to, even though we know it's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's unfortunate. And just like you said, Nas, I hope I'm fucking wrong. I'm hoping that some of these mistakes are just because he is a rookie head coach. This is the first time doing it. Like you're going to, you have to learn on the job and there is no other way to prepare you for this. And he gets better at it. But as it stands right now, I have no faith in a big playoff moment, in a big regular season moment that Eberflus is the guy to do it. But I think unfortunately in the NFL, you got to, it has to happen first. Yeah, I mean, I, I was just going to say, in, in regards to kind of where Eberflus currently stands, I think, Nas, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm speaking for you, tell me to shut the fuck up. But what I think <laughs> your concern is, and I think it's a it's a sentiment that I think is shared by your other sports team, you know, favorite team in Chicago fandom that we've had you on the podcast talking about before. It, it's like, it feels like you're just, like with the Bulls, you just you 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 know as a fan you can see that this team is not going to do anything right and you're just like there's just you know we just got to keep going we got to keep and it's just like no <laughs> we we see it for what it is cut it cut your losses make some changes 
admit you were wrong and let's get this thing moving. I feel like that's kind of where maybe you were coming at for, for why you're so amped up about Eberflus still being here. Because again, like I touched on a little bit earlier and I know we'll get to it. It, it feels like we're doing the same thing and we're entering the same cycle that the bears have just been trying to break for again, since for, for an entire decade now where GM comes in, head coach comes in, they get a quarterback, they get fired, quarterback stays, new GM comes in, new head coach comes in, head coach gets fired, GM, quarterback still there, quarterback gone, head coach, GM gone. Like, it's just, it feels like if Eberflus does not make the playoffs next year, which should absolutely be the expectation, Frank, he has to go. There, There is no excuse in year three and I get there's it's very likely they will have a rookie quarterback. But this defense, the improvements that we've seen, if it is legit, which there are still some questions about that based off of who they've played this year, especially at the quarterback position. If that doesn't change, if they don't win games in their division, which this is shaping up to potentially be a pretty good division for the next few years. How do you bring him back? And then you're at the cycle again, where if you did bring in Caleb Williams, now Ryan Poles has to find a head coach who may or may not believe in that quarterback or who didn't maybe did did or did not want him. But I think, I think he's going to circumnavigate that with some of the offensive coordinator stuff that again, I, I know we'll get to, but you know, if there's anything else, Nas, am, am I, am I hitting the nail on the head? Am I, am I talking? Uh, yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 no. You, you know, you understand me. Yeah. yeah. You understand my fury and my <laughs> just exhaustion from yeah. these fucking bullshit franchises that oh, yeah. I, for some reason, I'm allegiant to. It's so stupid. Can we just, yeah, can we take a second and just be appreciative that we aren't also White Sox fans? Because my Ooh. fucking God, if I like, I, there's, there's incompetence and there's whatever's going on with them. Like two I, I, Jerry Reinsdorf teams yeah, in your lifetime. I know. My goodness. Um, fellas, I feel like we've said all that we can. Eberflus, Getsy, any last thoughts before maybe we shift over to the OC conversation? That was it for me. He, okay. be- he, he better make the fucking playoffs. Let's let's just say that. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, obviously the moves, you know, depend on what who they get and what they say, but not, I'm right there with you. I mean, because they should have made it this year, if we're being honest. Three extra wins. I mean, you're talking a, a, a total swing between 10 and 7 and 7 and 10 with those three losses. So, which were... They may have won some... Fu- they might have won a fucking playoff game if they made it, if I'm being honest with you. I mean, these teams aren't daunting. I, I mean, due to the... I mean, if they got off to a quick start. Yeah. <laughs> not, a lot, not a lot of these teams were showing a lot of uh, Come on, let's, let's be, be real. The tackling last night by the Eagles oh, was a God. was an absolute joke. Also, that OC, he's also going because he was doing he was he was dialing up the Getsy playbook. It's like they had never seen a blitz. Like I felt like I was going back in time. It's like, oh, where they're they're blitzing. There's nothing we can do. What yep. are we gonna do? Oh, get we're the ball. Right. Textings that they, they you know what they didn't have Tyson Pageant on their team. That's True. why they fucking lost. Listen, <laughs> um, all right, fellas. So the OC search is in full effect. Some of the names that we've heard already are Slowick. We've heard Greg Roman. Who was the other? There was another pretty prominent. We have Clint Kubiak. So Clint Kubiak, they had uh, January 10th, which was the opening of, of the interview process. They interviewed Seahawks, OC, Shane Waldron. Waldron. Uh, Bear, uh, the 49ers passing game coordinator, Clint Kubiak. 
They also interviewed Kentucky offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach Liam Cohen. They interviewed uh, Seahawks quarterbacks coach Greg Olson. Uh, and they also interviewed, as Frank just mentioned, Baltimore Ravens, former Baltimore Ravens OC, Greg Roman. So those are the five names that they have interviewed right now. Um, I don't even know how I want to start this. Do, I mean, do what? what is who? who if you, you're, you're Ryan Poles right now, you make the choice. All five of them want to be here. They're waiting on your answer. Nas, who are you picking? I'm taking Waldron, I think. He's definitely got enough experience where I feel comfortable. He's worked with different quarterbacks in successful offenses, and he's been a play caller, if I'm not mistaken. So it's like he's just yep. checking it out. Like, it'll be a professional scenario for Caleb to walk in the door, someone who knows what he's doing. Yeah, so a, guy, a guy who I, I'm going to be a little bit different uh, just because I want to be different. But um, so interviewing Greg Olson, I think caught a lot of people's attention because of his age. I think he's like 60, um, which isn't obviously super old, but he has a ton of experience uh, just coaching in general. Uh, he's coached with the bears. That's where he got his, I nope, that's not where he started, but he was with the bears uh, in 2003 as their quarterbacks coach with such names as Cordell Stewart, Chris Chandler and Rex Grossman. Such a good list that's right my there. Childhood right there, baby. I've right? injected in my there veins. Uh, he was, he worked with the lions. He worked with the Rams, the Buccaneers, Jacksonville. He's been in Oakland, with the Rams. He's been with the Rams multiple times. And then obviously being the Seahawks quarterbacks coach this previous. So what I think could happen is I think that interview could have basically just been, Hey, we want to hire Waldron as our OC. Would you come with him to be the quarterbacks coach of the bears? I think that that could be like the nice little tag team, which I would be super happy about. The turnaround for Geno Smith was huge. Like, and and Waldron was a huge part of that. So I would be very excited to see what he could do. Uh, he's also only 44. Kind of goes back a little bit to what I was talking about. If, if Eberflus goes, it's very possible that the Bears just promote him to head coach. I, I think I'd be okay with that. Very familiar with the rookie quarterback that they drafted big reason why the offense is successful and modern top yeah. top 15 maybe um but i i, I think i'm kind of leaning more towards clint kubiak at this point another guy who has some play calling experience i think he was with kirk cousins in 2021 as the the vikings play caller when kirk cousins had one of his best seasons i think it was the first maybe second time he was a pro bowler which you know, put stock into that how much you want, but still, I think he threw like 33 touchdowns, seven picks. It's a good season for Kirk Cousins. So I, I think Clint and, and Clint Kubiak comes, obviously his dad, very well-respected coach comes off of the Shanahan tree. He's been spending, you know, obviously learning from Kyle Shanahan. I think anytime you can get a guy off that tree is, is a win. So I think I, I, I'd go Clint Kubiak at this point. I'm okay. Yeah, I'm okay with Clint. I'm okay with um, Waldron. The the only one that I've had qualms about is Greg Roman. I can't. I, I and it's not. I understand he was the OC when Lamar won MVP. But the one thing that remains, two things, is you listen to the way receivers sp speak about that. Des Bryant was very vocal. He spent a year there. 
Hollywood Brown after year two wanted out. I think he played a third year there and was like, okay, I'm fucking done. I can't do this. I'm sure there are other things that Ravens fans could point to. These are just things that I've seen, you know, uh, come about over the years. And then someone sort of put it all in one thread. And I remembered a lot of it. Um, and th- it's Lamar. While I think that offense was tailor made for him, it, 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 I think it was good for him then. And it never advanced to what he is now. I, I, I'm blanking on who um, Munkin. Ted Munkin is their OC now. Who you're like, okay, this is what... I mean, L- Lamar is a more advanced passer than what Greg Roman was capable or thought about. But to me, it didn't matter if, you know, Greg Roman, either the system couldn't make Lamar shine this way or if he didn't think so. Because either way, that's a knock on you. Like, how do you look at Lamar and say, oh, no, you're still, like, just the run-first guy. Like, you're the same dude from from college, from Louisville. Like, no, like it's, we, we know, you know what you have in him just by looking at, you know, looking at him play. So he's the guy that I would be very ups- upset about. But I wanted to ask you guys this specifically about Greg Roman. If the Bears hire Greg Roman, do you think that's tipping their hand that they're going to keep Justin Fields? Because I do think that would be the best OC if you keep Fields because we've seen this, that work in some capacity. Or do you think they would, they would think he'd be good for Caleb? Naz, do you want to go first? You can go first. Go ahead. Uh, Frank, I, I get what you're saying in regards to like why that would be an indicator for Justin Fields. I, I don't disagree that it probably would it would probably make me think Justin is staying and maybe because because Caleb and Drake May are not those types of prospects that Lamar and Justin Fields right. were with those types of skill sets. Jaden Daniels, you could maybe make the argument, would probably fit that offense a little bit better. So potentially you go Marv at number one, then get Jaden Daniels. No, I'm just kidding. Um, But I'm not going to lie, Frank. I think Greg Roman would be the worst possible option for Justin Fields at this Mm. point because of the development stuff that you were just talking about. Yeah, sure, he can call a run game. Justin's already good at doing that. Where they want, where they would need him to develop is in the passing game. And that didn't happen for Lamar really until he left. And I, so I, I think it would be by far the worst hire of these names that have, have been brought up. Uh, yeah. I, if we, uh, if we hire Greg Roman, I'm boycotting the team. <laughs> what's funny is we were chatting and i'm like i'm like giving you the devil's advocate version of like yeah let's like greg's not the worst idea but if if he is if he is the bears oc i'm out yeah i I would rather watch the other the rest of the slate of games every sunday and watch that shit so no way the bears tweet tomorrow 903 a.m the finalists for our oc position are greg roman and frank reich what are we, what, what what are the boys thinking? <laughs> I am so happy. I am so happy that as of right now, we have not seen an interview request made or an, an interview just like notice uh, of, yeah. of fucking Frank Reich. I can't do Frank Reich. Dude, I can't, if we I hire can't do Frank it. Reich, if we hire Frank Reich, Bluce will be out of a job by week six. Oh yeah, because we're gonna be what we'll be one and we'll be one and four going into that week, dude. I, It'll be absurd. I feel speaking of Frank Reich, I feel a little bad for him. You guys seen that clip that went around where they after he got his first win with Carolina, 
that's super yeah. fucking cringy like he, awkward yeah oh i yeah, felt one, I, that was means a lot yeah. i know and it's like it was very clear he did not have that locker room at all i felt so awful I, I, I get he was doing a bad job but like that just that hurt me i would be lot. okay i would be okay with reich as like maybe like an offensive analyst or like a senior analyst guy like if they bring in clint kubiak right a younger guy a guy who has play calling experience but me may, maybe like not that much if they wanted to bring reich in as like a guy just to be there to give him some advice like i would be cool with that because i do think the frank reich stuff is a little bit overblown especially because i do buy i know it's easy to say well you know he got fired of course he wanted cj stroud look how good cj stroud like I think based off of profile of what Frank Reich has liked in the past, CJ Stroud was a much better fit for the offense he liked to run than Bryce Young. So I, no, yeah, I buy he was definitely pushing for him, definitely. especially with the psycho owner who's throwing water on, on other fans and shit. Like, come on, any story you want to tell me about that owner, I'd absolutely <laughs> fucking buy at this point. But <laughs> I, as an OC trying to build something with a young quarterback, I, 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 I'm out on, on Frank Reich. I can't do Frank Reich. I can't agree. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. We should bring Mike Singletary back into this organization. <laughs> Dude, Some fact. Can, can, can I just, can I also say though, with that being said, I am so happy that the, the, the sort of triannual cycle of, we'll just bring back the coach and bring Singletary. Oh, like yeah. I haven't seen any yeah. of that, which is me. Hopefully means we're past it. Cause every time there's any sort of vacancy, these fucking Bozo 85 bears fans just come out of the woodworks and like want to hire everyone from that, that, that either played or coached them. It's I, I'm, I'm, I hope that's a sign that we're past it and that because people were banging on the table for Harbaugh. Totally get it. Let's fucking, you know, let's be upset about that. Let's not be upset that Mike Dicka isn't coming back. Like it's, it's ridiculous. Um, all right, fellas, we touched coaches. Do we, do we move on to the, come on, touch coaches. Come on. What are you doing? Oh, okay, Jack, get your fucking head touch out of the gutter. Touch that, please. Keep I, it clean. I touched on some coaches, and I liked they, what uh, I felt. <laughs> uh, uh, do we do we dabble into some number one pick, Justin Fields, Caleb Williams stuff before we get out of here? Or is there anything else we want to touch I on think, before yeah, we get there? I, I think we should establish firmly where each three of us currently stand on, on the Justin Fields versus Caleb Williams. Or, you know what? I'm going to throw out the Caleb Williams side. Just Justin Fields versus rookie quarterback because it's still very possible, Frank, that that you're a big Drake May guy and I just don't know it. You just won't admit to it. Yep. You know, yep. Nas, you could you could be you could be Bo Nix. You could be Bo Nix in the second <laughs> round type guy. I don't know. They don't even have a second round pick, but they very well could. They trade it back. They well, they overpaid for sweat. Well, they don't, that's why they can't get J.J. McCarthy. No, in the that pick here. is like, what is it now? Like 39 or something like that? 39, 42, something like that? I don't even know. Can, can I... I, I, I want to say something and I'll throw it to you guys because this isn't the... What I'm going to say isn't um, indicative of, of where I think they're going to happen or what I want to happen. The only place that I find myself upset at is... I saw this organization from coaching staff to, I mean, top to bottom, absolutely fail one of the most physically talented quarterbacks I've ever seen in a Bears uniform. I think the only other one in our lifetime that you can say was more physically talented was probably Jay, just because of the throws he was, just his arm talent itself. And I, I don't, 
so when we have these conversations, because they're going to happen a lot, it's just, it's unavoidable. I am not, I'm going to do my damnedest to not down Justin at, at any point. Because if I had to splice the sort of failures of what happened, the majority of it just isn't on him. Like if you expected any rookie quarterback, let alone the fourth one taken that had flaws coming out, to just be the savior and not need coaching and not need, you know, any sort of development to just come in and save your franchise, you're a bozo and you, like, go watch fucking squash or something. I don't know. Um, but I, it's, that, that, that's where I'm upset is that we're leaving this situation, probably leaving this situation, with really still not knowing what Justin is. We couldn't get competency around him coaching-wise because he came in with Matt Nagy, who was clearly gone after the year. And then he gets Luke Getze for two more years, who, again, no matter where you, Nas, or where you, Jack, or where anyone listening stands, we can all fucking agree that Luke Getze was awful at his job. Again, forget what you think about Justin Fields, but it's like, that, 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 that's where I'm upset. And, and, and it's not because, oh, I'm just some big Justin guy. Like, I liked him in college, and I scouted him. I thought he was the second best behind Trevor Lawrence. I, I, I liked him as a prospect. But it's because we would be in such a drastically different conversation right now if Justin had gotten developed and we were talking like, is this guy like top 12 right now? We wouldn't even be discussing quarterback. We would be discussing the fucking three firsts that we could get and then go from there. But he didn't have a chance. There just was no chance for that. So, I mean, because of the poor OC hire and potentially head coach hire probably, but they're, they're handcuffed into probably moving on from him. And, and I, I, I get we don't want to look too much at the past, but is that not upsetting to the both of you that, uh, again, another quarterback has been failed by the organization? And again, it's not like, I, but uh, let me say this too before I pass it. It's not even that, oh, I think he would have been great in a Hall of Famer if he just had the right tutelage. He could have, su- I would rather have a situation of closure and he just sucked than be where we're at. Why, why is it always this? Why is it always, is it the caller? Does he suck? Is he really good? I still see potential. I see he's still physically talented. Like, we can't ever just have like, nope, he just, didn't fit like he had the right guys around him and it was he clearly wasn't making the throws he was inaccurate he was this we just get glimpses because of raw talent and nothing else that like that that's where i'm at with that on that side of the coin yeah uh naz do you want to go um yeah i mean i think it breaks for a lot of guys that way to be honest like i think there have been plenty of first rounders that have shown as many flashes as justin has and the organization has just straight up failed them and who knows if they had a QB whisperer with them, who know, like who knows how they would have turned out. Same thing with Justin. Um, I just love Justin, the dude. Mm-hmm. So like for me, it, 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 it sucks that like I'm rooting for Caleb, which is what my stance is because I, I don't think Caleb is ruinable. That's, Ooh, that's how strongly yeah, I feel. Yeah. About wow. I think he can wow. super, I think he can supersede any, bad coaching that comes his way truly um i mean within reason like if greg roman rolled up in here and he we get caleb like that would be the worst fit i could imagine but like if someone was like on the same page to some degree with caleb i think he's gonna play really well um and i'm just looking at the like history tells us he is he's gonna be like he's gonna be the guy like you go down like and i and Jack, we can hit it to you, and then we can kind of review, like, if we want to look at recent history of recent QBs that have been taken at number one over the last 20 years. The hit rate is obviously higher than 
at, at drafting a QB at any other number. Right. So it's like we can say with like not absolute certainty, but we can say like this guy's going to be good. He's unanimously the number one guy in my mind. Yeah, uh, Frank, uh, to answer your question, yeah, absolutely. I'm mad that they just completely wasted a, a good quarterback prospect uh, based off of just some really questionable decisions. I think it was very clear that Matt Nagy did not want Justin Fields just based off of the way that he kept trying to do things with different styles of quarterbacking. He just he was so obsessed with his system working. He thought it was anyone could could run it and 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 he just needed the right quarterback. I just don't think he wanted Justin Fields. And I think the same can be said for Luke Getze. I think Luke Getze saw an opportunity to call plays for the first time um in in a situation that maybe he wouldn't wasn't getting opportunities elsewhere. Uh because again, what he wanted to do just did not mesh with what Justin Fields could do or or wanted to do himself clearly. He, he was not in like I I just I can't get past there was obviously some sort of overall disconnect with Luke Getze and the rest of the staff and maybe even the front office based off of the way he was talking about that offense going into the offseason or in the offseason going into this this upcoming season where they're going to build it through the run they have these three running backs they have you know, Dante Foreman, they have Khalil Herbert, they have Roshan Johnson, they're going to do all these different, and, and and still was not able to to get an identity for this offense built out. It was just random for random sake. Yeah, he could script a good first quarter, yep. a good first drive, but the inability to adapt to what was this, what was happening was ultimately his downfall. And, you know, as as unfortunate as it was, that Justin got hurt when he did because he was playing pretty well, except in that Vikings game when he did get hurt. We did get to see Luke Getzey with another quarterback who he was in love with, with Tyson Bate. I'm, I'm not kidding. Like I, I, I think that there is a possibility that if Luke Getzey had not been able to call his offense with another quarterback running it, I think there is a slight possibility that he may have gotten another chance. I'm not kidding. You, yeah. I mean, I, you, you may not be wrong, but my God, would that have been an atrocious, uh, atrocious mistake? Because again, I don't, I don't see how you can objectively look at what he was doing scheme wise and say, yeah, this guy knows what he's doing. I, I mean, with, with the, that, that three, that, what was it, that like trips personnel of just like back backups to the backups was just. It, how does how does that happen in a game against the Packers? And that's yeah. why people think he was a Green Bay plant. Frank included. He, I, I, the conspiracy guy. You said whatever that someone said is about Green Bay flat, or is it round? I've never seen it from space. I don't know. <laughs> the, <laughs> but I mean the same thing you said about David Tepper. Like you tell me anything about Lou Getzey, I'll fucking believe it. He may have been on Epstein's island yeah. for all I know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know nothing about Robert the guy. Tunyon. Just happened <clears throat> to drop those passes. Uh, he's another plant too, probably. Yeah, that was a no. fucking dive against the Packers. So he should have caught that touchdown. Anyway, he um, sucks. so. Here, um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jack, were you done? And you want... No, I was. I was just gonna say, uh, you know, to to the point of of Justin Fields, it 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 is unfortunate that it has kind of sort of closed, you know, come to a close at this point. But you know, I I just I I, I let me throw this at you actually, because you talked about how Greg Roman could be potentially a signifier of them wanting to keep Justin Fields. 
the more I was kind of thinking about it, doesn't it almost feel like if Shane Waldron is the pick, that's kind of maybe the route they go with his ability to that he showed of how he was able to turn around Geno Smith. I don't know because I, I, the things that Geno was doing in that offense, I don't necessarily believe that by the way. I I I know, I know. I wanted to throw it out there. Right. Just throw it because of who he was able to develop as a quarterback like that, that turnaround does not, should not just be ignored. Like that's huge. What he was able to do. I don't think I don't Greg Roman to me would be tipping the hand. Waldron wouldn't, but I think it wouldn't because Caleb could do exactly what Gino does, those off-platform throws, the th- throwing on the run. Like, he, he, I think Justin can too, but with, with Caleb's quick release, he can do all of that and probably better at even at this point be, uh, being a rookie than Gino could, even though Gino made some pretty insane throws the last couple of years. Um, so I don't think so. Nas, do you feel any different? You're, you're still muted. Yeah, one Waldron point I do want to make is, uh, you know who the, the QB coach and the passing game coordinator was last year in Seattle, right? It was, was Dave it? Canales, the current offensive oh, coordinator Bucks, of the Bucks. Interesting. So I would be hesitant to credit all of Geno's sure. turnaround with just Shane because Dave has now been credited with contributing to two turnarounds and possibly two comeback players of the year and back-to-back seasons. So it's like, Damar Hamlin you know. didn't play quarterback. <laughs> that was a good joke. That's good. That was a good one. No, I mean, no, that that that's that's fair though. <laughs> that's fair. So I I think <laughs> where where I stand on it right now is I'm not completely out on keeping Justin because the and it's not because of Justin versus Caleb. It's that you can get a fucking. I mean, you may fuck around and get four first. I mean, you you don't. Who knows? And, and the reason why I feel that way is because I've dove into Caleb's tape now that the Bears season's over, I had some more time. But one of the reasons throughout the season where I was like, oh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know, I, I saw the highlight tapes. One, highlight tapes are highlight tapes. You could probably make one of me that looks fucking solid. Like, what do we do? Like, are there highlights? But the, all of them were, you know, not uh, uh, sort of um, backyard football, scrambling around, holding the ball a long time. It's like, I like that you have that skill set. That's needed in, in the NFL too. But like, show me the on time, the boy, did I dive in and did I see what I wanted to see with Caleb? Not only, not only just, you know, the on time throws, <laughs> I saw him, and I don't know if I've seen this from a prospect since Andrew Luck. And I didn't even know what I was seeing then. This is like hindsight, you know, being able to dissect a little bit better when I was younger, his ability to manipulate the pocket, his ability to like evade tackles and move within the pocket, but not completely take yourself out of a play to keep your eyes downfield and make throws to your second and third reads. That's some advanced shit, man. It's some advanced. And and now I don't think it's going to be advanced per NFL standard. I'm talking like advanced per prospect standards because you're not seeing Drake may do that. You're not seeing an LSU quarterback do that. You're certainly not seeing any of the other dudes do it. And and I dive in there, so like that's why like, and that's why I prefaced with the Justin thing. Justin is not a bum. You you go on like Reddit and you go certain places. People talk about him like he's just some awful quarterback. If we were to get like fucking five firsts a starter, I'm cool with rolling with Justin if you get a big enough return for it. But man, it's hard to not want Caleb. It, it's it, it's it's very very hard to not want and see what he can do because some of the things that he does is the antithesis of Justin and some of the things that we haven't seen Justin necessarily uh, uh, progress in. Um, 
They both hold the ball a decent amount. I, but, but again, I'm okay. I don't care what your name is, who your prospect. I'm okay with the aggression. I'm okay with the, the, the big play making the, or wanting to make that big play. Because again, I'm just of the ilk. You can rein that in. You can't make Derek Carr become more aggressive. It just is what it is. Like, it's a mindset thing. I'd rather have that and just temper it versus try to bring the dog out of someone that just isn't there. So that doesn't scare me away. But that quick release, dude, and I, I'm watching another quarter. I mean, watch his film and then watch Steve Young and then watch Dan Marino. I'm not trying to give, to give this kid astronomical, you know, expectations, but just look at the similarities there. I didn't get that. And I, I love Justin coming out of college. I, I liked his film a lot, but I didn't get that. That's, that's different. It's a different level of shit. So the rounding it out, you also have to look at it from Ryan Poles' standpoint. Because what do we know about Justin right now? Supreme athlete, really good arm talent. No one's doubting the actual arm talent itself. But we also know he's inconsistent and he hasn't progressed as much as you would like in three years. And again, you can spice up the blame however you want to spice it. But this is the reality of the situation. It would be unprecedented for Ryan Poles to stick with a guy who he did not draft, who had, he hasn't seen develop again, whether it's his fault or not, and you have the number one pick in a potentially generational draft prospect. So I, did, I don't see, unless, again, you're taught like, I don't, I don't know what someone would have to give up to even make it worth your time. I don't, I don't, think, I don't really think there's an offer. I think you have to do this because having a generational guy erases the need for all that top tier, all that top top tier draft equity. Yeah. To be honest, you know, like you could not make an offer for CJ Stroud today that Houston would say yes to. Oh no. Right. So, and, and make no mistake about it. Caleb is ours. We have the number one pick. I, I, I hold him in the same regard. There's not a, there's not an offer you can make. Now. Um, because uh, just like watching this weekend, watching CJ in the Texans game, watching Stafford in the Rams game. There are just simply throws that they make. And granted, their O-lines give them the ability to make some of these throws. Maybe not Stafford as much. He took a fucking beating on Saturday and was still dropping dimes in a fashion that, like, there was like there was a throw to the right sideline, the, the throw where he hit his hand into that dude's helmet and then had to get braces. That throw to the right sideline, I, I, and I respect Justin's arm strength. He does not have the accuracy to pull a throw like that off. He just doesn't. Like, and having that in your back pocket in Caleb, who I think has just as strong as arm, an arm as Justin with effortless accuracy, it's just like, I, I think it's a no-brainer. There's, I, I, I'm at the point where you can't offer anything Nas, to convince me Jack, like we're dipping out. Jack, before you go, I just slight pushback. I think Caleb's arms a little bit stronger, man. His fucking his film is impressive, it's, dude. His film dude, is impressive. He just flicks the wrist and I know. it goes across the entire field. It's crazy. I know, but yeah. but again, I urge anyone, and I'm sorry, Jack. I'm not trying to steal your time. I no, urge anyone no. who's only seen that same Twitter highlight film that is like it's impressive still, but it's again like we saw other. You know, you see people run around like that's not you're, yeah, it's college because you're like, not right. You're not playing happen. NFL talent, so I get how you can come away from that and be like, this is the generational guy. Watch his actual film. And if you don't have the ability to get it or break it down, watch like other guys who are breaking it down and explaining it to you. What I still do that. I'm not, I'm no fucking expert. I go, I watch the QB school and I watch some of these guys and I try to find the raw film to see if I can see what they're seeing as well before I watch them. 
but it's like I, I i do that but like watch and watch the way he manipulates the pocket watch the way he gets through his reads watch the way he calls out he diagnoses pre-snap blitzes now there's gonna be things that nfl defenses throw at him that he's never seen before and he's gonna have to show us the ability to adjust that's everybody but the raw thing that you're dealing with there that's it's the the seat i mean i i i the, oh, i hate i hate even saying this, I fucking love Justin so much, dude. I think he's going to go somewhere. I think he's going to be really good. I think the floor in year one is probably higher right now than where Justin is, but I also think, even if it's not, even if that's not true, the ceiling. Caleb's ceiling is top five. I, th- I-, I, think, I think Justin's is like fringe top 10, which may not be good enough to win you a, a Super Bowl because of. You can win with maybe, but because of, it's a no-go. I mean, you're looking at like, like Jared Goff. That's probably what Jared Goff is. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, how many playoff teams currently or pl- that have played this week would take Caleb Williams over their starting quarterback? It's a, it's probably a pretty good amount, and I think that speaks to the the <laughs> level of prospect that he is. Uh, just a couple things. Number one, told you, Jalen Hurts fraud. Justin Fields always better than him. <laughs> Never doubted it for a second, baby. Uh, number two, the the. <laughs> The Caleb Williams not wanting to be a bear thing um, is just is just stop with that narrative, please. It's it's not true. The whole while well, he wants to go to a good situation. I'm sorry. What top five team, top six team, top 10 team is a quote unquote good situation for him to currently fall into? The Bears have one of the best rosters in this top 10 draft right now. Obviously, they're you know, they have they, this isn't even their their pick. So. I just think there's a strong support system. Like we talked about, there's already a number one receiver, like not even like a true number one. Let's not get it twisted. A very good offensive line that is going to be upgraded, whether it's free agency or draft. You know, I I think there's a lot to like about this situation that he's falling into. Um, One thing that I know a lot of Caleb Williams detractors like to point to and, and, and sort of where the train fell off this year was that Notre Dame game when he just, he wasn't very good. But if you watch that game, if you go back and actually watch that, there were still some throws that he was making where it's like, God damn, man, like that's good shit. The unpress and, and so it, after the Notre Dame game, these are just some of his numbers, 66, 66% completion percentage, 1600 yards, eight and eight, eight and a half yards per attempt, seven touchdowns, one interception, uh, 17 quote unquote big time throws, which I believe is uh PFF's data, uh, an 86.4 passing grade, 135 rushing yards with five touchdowns against teams like Utah, Cal, Washington, Oregon, and UCLA, which are just those are some really good defenses in there. Nas, I know you were a big fan of the Pac 12 this year. Uh, I just think Caleb. You, you, like you watch, like the just the you, you watch Drake May, who is quote unquote, you know, people are saying he's the next best prospect. He could even be the the number one pick. Just the difference in in level between those two in terms of the types of throws, the release that Caleb has is much more suited, I think, for the NFL and what Bears fans have been begging for. Like Drake May is a lot closer to Justin Fields than I think people actually realize in terms of release. Like with the slow delivery, um, and and obviously not as good as an athlete as Justin Fields, Caleb is like when he throws the ball deep. I mean that thing is still going. Like he is, I I would be surprised if someone could find him throwing an underthrown ball when he goes deep. It it just 
it doesn't happen. It's it's ridiculous. Some of the throws he's able to make on the run from different platforms, like you were talking about, some of the arm angle stuff. I mean, it's just it it's good stuff. I I, I don't know how you watch Caleb Williams understanding sort of where that USC USC's best receiver was Brendan Rice, Jerry Rice's son. He's like projected as like a fourth or fifth round pick this year in the draft. Like, yep. It, it, it's not, he doesn't have these top. He did not have a Jordan Addison where he was really going off, you know, in his Heisman year. Um, and I think there is a lot to that. You know, the offensive line was really bad. That defense was absolutely fucking atrocious. But if you watch what Caleb Williams was able to do still with some of those things impacting him, I just don't know how you, you take that number one pick and trade back regardless. Yep. Like just, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know how you do it. And I would, I would say this too. And I don't know if you two feel differently. If Caleb wasn't in this draft and we were talking about Drake may or Justin, I would be trading this pick. That's how big of a, I mean, because yep. at this point I'm taking two more years to Justin over Drake. I, I, I don't see it with may as a matter of fact, uh, LSU, Jaden Daniels, LSU. Yeah. I'm take. I think he's better than Drake May. I I think Drake May is closer to the Bo Nixes in that tier. I I don't know what's catapulting this kid to number two. I just don't. And I I don't feel Zach Wilson about him. You know, Jack, how I felt about Zach Wilson in that draft process. I don't feel that. But you can't. People are talking about one A and one B. Maybe it's just because of the height of where I think Caleb is comparatively. So maybe I'd feel differently if Caleb didn't exist and it was like, oh, here's May and here's the other guys. But he's much, much closer to them than he is to, to Caleb. Like, there's no way. Like, if yeah, there's no way. If I'd Caleb be taking... Williams wasn't listed as 6'1", if he had the, the size of Drake May, he, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be close. But it's there, there's this. I, maybe you're right because I do think some people have this weird thing. It was like the, the look of a quarterback. Cause Drake may, if you just like put them side by side and never saw their film, you'd be like, that guy's a quarterback. You know what I mean? Like you like just the stature that. So I, well, that's I, where the heart, that's where the Herbert stuff is coming because he looks like Justin yeah, Herbert. He's built that except way. If you actually watch, like if, if you want to watch highlight tape, watch highlight tape, just do it with Justin Herbert side by side with Drake may. And they won't yep. look anything alike. I know. Yeah. I mean, Herbert's a different category of athlete compared to, compared to Drake. It's not even it's just, close. Dude, yeah, it's just like I, I don't really know where it's coming from. I, I think a lot of it is, is the look. It's like this guy yep. just looks like a pro level quarterback, doesn't he? And it's just like, I guess, but like when you throw on the film, it's not close. Well, and then I mean we saw the same thing with Mitch Trubisky and Deshaun Watson. Remember the skinny ankles and is he too slim? And it was like, dude, you watch these guys, there's a clear difference between the I get Mitch had the build, he looked like a but the I, I think we're past that. We're past the oh my God. measurable type of thing. So I, 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 um, last thing for me, and, and, and obviously y'all can, can, uh, touch on whatever before we get out of here. Um, this is, and honestly, I think I'm adopting this philosophy because I do think people, us included, look at flaws too much, particularly when it comes to quarterbacks. But this is, I don't know when this was, but someone talked to Ryan Poles about his scouting process because he was a part of the team that scouted and drafted Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. And he said that the lessons that he learned from the Mahomes experience was he you, you have he wants to know what a quarterback can do. This is a direct quote. That was such a big thing with us and, and, and Patrick, meaning Mahomes. A lot of players have flaws, and sometimes as scouts and evaluators, we get stuck on the flaws and ignore what a player can do. What Patrick could do was make plays that a lot of people just can't. 
Were there some flaws in terms of his technique and fundamentals? Yes, but those things can be coached. Um, so he is of the mindset of what can he actually do versus what he can't do. And I almost feel like if you're scouting, if you had that mindset, you list the things like what they can do and list what they cannot or what needs to be worked on. That list for Caleb on the can is probably like quintuple, if not higher than the one things that he can't or needs to improve on. Because even from uh, a footwork standpoint, I didn't see, and, and, and now it's going to be different from offense to offense, you know, but just the ability for the lower body to agree with what was happening with the upper body, it's almost textbook. It, it, it's, it's fucking phenomenal. His feet were always in a position to release the ball. And that was one thing that uh, Alex Smith was really good at teaching. He did that little series or whatever. Like, he, uh, yeah, it, it, it's tough to not like Caleb, man. And again, I hate it. I think we all do. I think we all hate it because we like Justin as the person. We liked him as a prospect. We still think he can succeed elsewhere. But in this position, man, you can't not go with Caleb. Yeah. Uh, I think that's, that's kind of where I, I'm at as a Bears fan. Sucks that it didn't work out with Justin but you're in a position to to make it work. Like, again, the ideal scenario was that Justin was good, was an all-pro, Pro Bowl quarterback, and you get the number one pick from the Panthers, and you can use it however you want. Oh, right, you exactly. You can use it, you know, that that's ideal. But it didn't work out, uh, and I think you have to go Caleb. One last thing that I, I – the last thing I wanted to bring up, um, it just overall for, for this week's episode, is just – the, the the hindsight stuff with CJ Stroud and Bears fans needs to fucking stop. Oh, I know. Let's be very clear that that it was never an option for them to draft a quarterback. You know, I, honestly, I think if this was last year, I, I think maybe they do pass on Caleb Williams only regardless of talent, just because of where Justin Fields was coming off of his second season. You know, it, it you still need it. You have so many holes on that roster last year. And let's say C.J. Stroud is the first overall pick. He doesn't have Bobby Slowick. He has Luke Getze. He doesn't have Darnell Wright starting at right tackle. He doesn't have D.J. Moore. His best wide receiver probably would have been Darnell Wright and Chase Claypool. Those those two would have been his his starters right there. Like he, he doesn't. Ha- they they don't have the extra pick this year. They don't have the extra second next year. They don't have uh, uh, Tyreek Stevenson. Tyreek Stevenson, who's a clear starter at court. Like, this is not the same team with C.J. Stroud. Now, the point I think people are getting, you know, excited about, and I think this is why they should draft Caleb, because you can have the best roster in the world but not have a quarterback and your team sucks ass. But now they have this incredible team. Well, not incredible, but a, a, a good base to build this team around and can now get the best quarterback who... CJ Stroud was my QB one last year and go back on the pod and listen to that. I would put him as two behind Caleb Williams in terms of prospects. So yes. I think they're getting a better quarterback with a better roster. So the hindsight shit with Stroud needs to stop because it wouldn't have happened with Luke Getzey anyways. Let's hundred percent. Let's be realistic. Couldn't agree. Couldn't agree more. Nas, any uh, last words from you? Uh, I think Justin and Bill Belichick are going to have a great time in Atlanta. Oh man, that'd and, be awesome. Uh, he's going to tell, he's going to show them how to hold on to the fucking ball and they're going to ball out in the NFC South. With Josh um, McDaniels is the OC. 
You think maybe, that's happening? Maybe. Come on. Maybe. No, hey, Josh McDaniels dialed up some good shit for uh, Jacoby Brissett that his rookie year when uh, was it would Brady get hurt or was he suspended? It was one or the other. Like he he's worked with. I, I know mean, we hate McDaniels. I think Josh. I think Josh. I think Josh can coach a uh, quarterback. Yep. You know, Same. like yeah, his last three quarterbacks have been Cam Newton, Mac Jones, and fucking Bailey, Derek Carr Zappy. and Jimmy Garoppolo. Like yep. the list of guys he's had, like. It's hard to produce. It's hard to produce offense with those guys. I got you. Yeah. No. That. that well, this be... has been a fun episode. This it has, has been. been. This has been good. Yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. I, I, it's been a slower off season. I'm not sure how much like the coaching changes that they've made. Um. You know, the the rules to coaching has really sort of changed how this process is going. I feel like it's a, definitely a little bit slower this year than years past. Um. But. I'm excited. I, I I like the names we've seen. There's maybe like three out of the five names that I've liked. Two out of the five. The other one being Liam Cohen. In case I don't think we touched on him much at all. I I I, I would not be feeling that one. At, what also. do you guys but think? I, Lovey back as DC? I hope not. No, thank you. Because then you get the then you get the fans just hoping that he takes over. Yeah. <laughs> we go we go through that cycle again of Mike Singletary and <laughs> yeah. all that nonsense again. Jay Cutler is OC. Can we get that? Well, oh, that would be gross. Threw up in my mouth. That would be oh man, horrendous. Yeah, that'd be well, all right, fellas. Arr. This this all right, boys. This was a good one. It was a fun one. I I think we're we're in the space now where we can be really creative. Like the some of the we'll obviously discuss offline, but like some of the things that I have in mind are like, even though we don't want it to happen, let's explore what trades could be for for the number one pick. Let's sort of go to the trade simulators and, and see what you know what could be offered. And again, we wouldn't necessarily accept it, but you know, for content's sake, I think that could be really fun conversations. Obviously once the OC gets hired, we'll have a lot to talk about there. Uh free agency starting yeah. up. I think next week we can touch some playoffs too. There was just so much to talk about strictly bears related this go around that right. it was a no go. But yeah, I mean we're 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 in exciting times, man. It's exciting. I I, I get the season didn't end the way that we all wanted it to. This, I think, in my life is the most optimistic I've ever been about the Bears franchise. And in Bears fashion, you keep people flu, so there's sprinkles of like, what the fuck? But sure. listen, we're there's a bright, bright future here in Chicago. Caleb Williams is going 2-0 against the Packers next year. Um, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for watching. Um, you know, like, share, subscribe everywhere. If we're not on a platform that you enjoy, let us know and we will get that up there. Uh, Jack? Appreciate you for joining. Nas, appreciate you for joining. And I will catch y'all later.